Have you guys ever lost something, like very important to you, like like lost like your keys or, or your your phone or like something small, like you know how sometimes like you'll you'll go into a room and you'll set something down and then like you'll walk into another room and you realize you don't have it and you go back and it's not there and then you're just like okay where is this thing? There's some people out there who lose things all the time. Are you guys like that? Who loses things all the time? You guys do. I can be like that. I can be like that. I can be like that. So, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I was getting back from a trip uh, to Los Angeles. I was getting back from a trip. And we were getting back to Florida, like, really late. It was like we were getting back at, like, 11. And Sierra was picking us up. We flew into Orlando. So we were flying flying into Orlando at 11. Sierra picked us up. And um, we landed... uh, we got in the car and we drove back to Melbourne. It's about an hour drive. You guys are all familiar, hopefully. But um, yeah, so we got back. If any of you guys know me, whenever I get back from any sort of trip, like when I'm traveling all day and I get home late, like I stop at one place before I get home. Does anyone want to guess? Wawa. Wawa. Yeah. yeah, let's go. Who, who, who in here loves Wawa? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Wawa, Wawa is great. I love Wawa. I just love... Yeah, I love Wawa. I love the feeling of like like traveling all day and then like getting home and then just stopping at Wawa before I get home because it's convenient. It's not too expensive. It's right next to my house. I just love it. Don't judge me. I love Wawa. Okay. Anyways, so obviously Sierra took me to Wawa on the way home. So we go in Wawa. I get my sub and all that, and then we she takes me home. And then, okay, so you know when you get back from a trip, you know park at the house, you have all your stuff to carry, and you got to carry in your suitcase, you got to carry in your backpack, all this, and my Wawa. So I got my suitcase, my backpack, my Wawa. I got a lot of stuff to carry in, you know? So I carry it all up, she leaves, and then probably about 30 minutes later, I realize that I'm missing something. I'm missing my wallet. I'm missing my wallet, all right? And I cannot find it anywhere. You know, like, miss, like, when you lose things, like, a wallet is, like, up there, like, one of, like, the top things. Because, like, when you, miss, when you lose your wallet, it's, like, not only, like, the wallet itself, but it's, like, what's in the wallet. You know, you got to, like, like, if you have cash in there, like, your debit card, your license, if you drive. You know, it's just not a fun process to lose your wallet. So I've heard. Um, so I, I realized that I'm missing my wallet. I check everywhere. I check my room, my bathroom. I check downstairs. And at this point, I've only been home for like 30 minutes, so there's like limited places it could even be, you know? So I call Sierra and say, hey, I need you to go in your car and see if my wallet is in your car. So I call her, and she can't find it anywhere. She can't find it in the car. Looks like that didn't even work, but she can't find it in the car. And so at this point, I'm like kind of panicking because I can't find my wallet. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's at Wawa. Maybe my wallet's at Wawa. And when you, when, you, when you think about losing something at a public place, especially a wallet, your mind immediately goes to, okay, someone probably stole it, you know? Because a lot of people aren't honest, unfortunately. So if a wallet is out in a public place, it might get stolen. That's just the world we live in, unfortunately. <laughs> Anyways, I give Wawa a call. At this point, it's like 12.30 in the morning. I call Wawa. I'm desperately looking for my wallet. And then they answer, and they, they don't have it. They don't have it, and I, they say, hey, we're going to you know, look around, and if, if anyone turns it in, you know, we'll give you a call. But at that point, if they don't have it by that point, they probably don't have it because like, someone would have either turned it in already or someone stole it. So, so my mind at this point is like, man, 
I, I got back from a trip. I got my Wawa. Everything was going great, and then I lost my wallet. You know, that sucks. But, um, yeah, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting there in my room, and I'm thinking I'm the kind of person that when I lose something, I'll, like, I'll get so desperate when I lose it that I'll literally, like, look in places that I'm, like, sure it's not there. Have you been there? Like, you lose something, and you're, like, checking in the microwave for it, and it's, like, there's, like, no chance that it could possibly be in there, but you're so desperate to find what you're looking for, right, that you, you're looking in these obscure places. And so, so this, is, this, is, this is where I'm at. I'm looking everywhere. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a really. I'm gonna give a really wild try, to outside my house. So I walk outside my house because my thought is maybe my wallet fell out of my pocket on the way into my house when I was carrying on my luggage. So I walk outside, walk to the front yard. I found it! I found my wallet. It was sitting in the front yard of my house. This is so crazy because I was probably wearing skinny jeans. So if you know wallets, they, they fit snug in your jeans, you know? So it's like, how did it happen? Maybe it was on my lap when I got out of the car and it just fell out. It fell out of my pocket, but I found it. You know, you know that joy that you feel when you find something that you've been looking for? Like, you just feel so relieved, you know? You just like, I found it, so like now it's like, okay, I can just relax and just be peaceful. I don't have to worry about, you know, replacing all of it. Some of it irreplaceable because it's like, you know, old stuff. But that's, yeah, you just feel so much joy, you know? And listen, guys, I tell you that story, not because it's a cool story. It's pretty, pretty lame. But I tell you, I tell you that story because, <laughs> seriously, guys, that's how Jesus feels. That's how Jesus feels when he finds the lost. Jesus has a heart for the lost. And there, there, are, there are lost people out there. And, and we see that in, in the passage that we're going to look at tonight. We, we see Jesus' heart for, for the lost. And a lot of times when Jesus taught, he taught in parables. In parables, uh, we see these throughout Scripture. They're, they're uh, little stories that Jesus uses to uh, get, get, his point, get his point across. So um, tonight we're going to look at um, Luke 15, 1 through 7. We're going to look at Luke 15, 1 through 7. And um, my title tonight is Lost, Found, and a Party. Lost, Found, and a Party. All right. And my first point tonight is actually Jesus goes after the lost. Jesus goes after the lost. So we're going to read this starting at uh, verse 1 and then through 7. Does anyone have an actual Bible with them? We have one, two, one, two. Is that it? Oh, we got three? Okay, that's my Bible. doesn't count. No, okay, two Bibles. If you, if you don't have a Bible, you can use your phone. How many of you know that if you have an iPhone, then you have all 66 books of the Bible in your pocket at any given time? Amen? Awesome. So if you want to turn to your phone, or we're going to have it up on the screen. Verse 1. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him, him being Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, verse 4, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, 
And when he comes home, he calls together his family and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Wow. My first point tonight is Jesus goes after the lost. Jesus goes after the lost. When we, when we look at the context of this passage, we see, uh, we see the Pharisees and the scribes uh, hanging out, or we see the Pharisees and the scribes uh, hanging out, be, like accusing, okay, sorry, sorry. In the context, we see Jesus being accused by the Pharisees and the scribes of hanging out and eating with the sinners. And that was true. That was exactly what was happening. They were accusing Jesus of doing this because Jesus loves the lost. That's why he was doing this. That's why Jesus was hanging with them. And we see the Pharisees and the scribes, listen, Pharisees and the scribes, they were offended at the fact that Jesus was hanging out with these sinners. They were offended. Jesus has a heart for lost people. That's why he was doing this. And so we see that it talks about Jesus eating with the sinners. All right? We see that. It, it specifically says Jesus was eating eating with them. And we have to understand that that's actually a big deal that it says that because back then to eat together was a bigger deal than it is now. So nowadays we eat casually in our society. Eating together is a casual thing. Like when I grabbed my Wawa, it was a casual thing. And we go to restaurants and we just casually eat with, you know, people that we kind of know and that we're friends with and stuff like that. Back then it wasn't like that. It was, it was, a, it was an intimate thing to share a meal and, and this is something that I think about, something that I think about, they probably didn't have multiple bowls, and they probably didn't have multiple plates back then. So, 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 so you know, you got to think of Jesus sitting here with, with these sinners and with these tax collectors uh, around some sort of table or something, and, and they're all eating. They're probably double dipping. They're probably all reaching with bread for the same thing, and they're probably double dipping. Because nowadays, when we go to a restaurant, and they bring out like chips or bread or something, what's the first thing like someone has to say? No double dipping, right? We know that you can't double dip. That's just not what we do. But back then, that's probably what they were doing. Listen, anyways, they were double dipping with Jesus. And in, in the Pharisees, they didn't like that. They, they didn't like the, that Jesus was hanging out with, with these lost people. And the Pharisees in this situation... They, they were hypocrites. They were judgmental people. And they didn't have a heart for the lost like Jesus did. They didn't. They thought that because they were more spiritual than the sinners, that they had more of a right to know Jesus. They had more of a right to be with Jesus. And I want to tell you tonight that's not true. Everyone in here has just as much of a right to know Jesus, and everyone in here has just as much of a right to have a relationship with Jesus than everyone else. We do. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter um, your family. It doesn't matter what school you go to. Jesus died for you, and he loves you. And I want to read John 3, 16 real fast. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And, and what, what is eternal life? What is that? That means that you live forever. And that's, that's, what, that's, what God, that's how much God loves us that he sent his son to die on a cross for us so that we could live forever. He died for everyone. 
Jesus died for everyone. He died for you. He died for me. He died for lost people. He died for everyone. And listen, guys, it's our job as Christians to, to be welcoming and eager to receive lost people. Uh, not, not to be closed off to them because they, they look different than us, because they act different than us. It, it, we're supposed to be welcoming to these people. How, how are we ever going to reach the lost if we don't receive the lost? Guys, we need to receive the lost. You, 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 you go to school every day, every weekday, and, and you're, you're surrounded by, by lost people. And, and look at what Jesus did. Jesus ate with them. Sometimes, sometimes we, you know, we stay in our, our small group where we you know, hang out with the people that, that we know. And, and, and Jesus welcomes everyone. He receives everyone. He wants to eat with everyone. And he loves everyone. And um, we want to we wanna be like Jesus. We don't want to be like the Pharisees, right? So in this parable, um, Jesus is teaching the Pharisees this point. And, and this is his response to them. Let's read verse uh, 4. He says, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? Wow. Jesus teaches us in this parable that his heart is for lost people. His heart is for lost people. And he loves the lost so much that his heart is to willingly leave the 99 to find the one. That's 1%, just so you guys are all clear, if you can't do math. That's 1%, one out of 100. And, and to us, that 1%, that, it seems insignificant. It seems like, oh, you know what, that's just 1%, you know, let's just, you know, we, have, we still have 99, you know, we're still good. But not to Jesus. To Jesus, that 1%, is just as significant, if not more significant. And guys, Jesus loves that 1%. We are all special to God, no matter where we stand with him. He has a heart for lost people. And this is his heart, and he actively seeks out the lost. He doesn't, he doesn't do it in a, in, in a grudging way. Instead, he actually like goes out of his way to seek after them, because that's how much he loves us. And Jesus tells us uh, this parable because not only is that his heart, but that's how he wants our heart to be. He wants our heart to be for the lost. He wants our heart to be for the one out of 99. So that's something to think about. We were all lost once. We were all lost once. So what does it mean to be lost? We've, talk, we've been talking about this idea of, of being lost, and I know some of you probably aren't even familiar with that. What does it mean to be lost? To be lost, it means to be spiritually dead. It means to be spiritually dead. We, we've all been spiritually dead before. Christian or not, we've all been spiritually dead before. And to be spiritually dead, it doesn't mean that, that we are physically dead. But it still means that, that we were dead, just in a spiritual sense. And to be spiritually dead, it means that you're still living according to the ways of this world. It means that you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior. You haven't, you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus. And, and Jesus 
wants to bring us to life. He wants to bring the spiritually dead to life. Okay, let's read uh, Ephesians 2, verse 1 and 2. This is the idea of what we're talking about. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. The idea, when we, when we see this, we see the word trespasses, and the idea of, of, of trespasses, it means that we've crossed a line. It means that we've, we've, we've passed the boundaries of, of um, God's standards, of the perfect standards. When, when you trespass on a, in a property, when you're, um, when you're out in public and you see no trespassing on a sign, that means that you're not allowed to go there. You know, that means that that's, that's off limits. And that's what it's saying here. We've all been there. We've all been where we're not supposed to be. We haven't met the perfect standard. We've missed the mark. We've all been spiritually dead. But guys, there's good news. God wants to bring us to life. God wants to bring us to life because he loves us. And we see in verse 4 and 5 of the same passage, because we were dead, this is what God wants to do because he loves us. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love for us, with, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Wow. Even though we've crossed the line, even though we're, we were outside of the boundaries, God still loves us, and he still came after us. He went and got the lost sheep. He left the 99. God still loves us, and he wants us to make the decision to follow him. So I want to ask the question tonight, are you lost? Are you lost? And if, if so, I want you to know that Jesus wants to find you. Jesus wants to find you. Jesus wants to find you so bad that he would willingly leave the 99 to find you. You are that special to Jesus. You really are. You're that special. That 1%, to us that 1% is, wow, it's so small. You still got 99 right? Not to Jesus. Jesus loves us. And if you haven't decided to follow Jesus yet, if that's not a decision that you've made, then tonight may be your night. Tonight may be that night that, that, that you come to Jesus. Listen, guys, we were, we were all dead once. We were all dead. But God loves us too much to leave us like that. He loves us too much to leave us like that. So just like, just like how we feel after we found what we were looking for, just like when, when you find what you've been looking for after desperately searching for it, that joy you feel, that's how Jesus feels on an unbelievable level that you couldn't even comprehend. When Jesus finds you, he, 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 he is so filled with joy. My last point tonight is there is a party when the lost come home. There is a party when the lost come home. And we're going to read verses 5 through 7 again. 5 through 7. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, 
he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in the heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Wow. There is a party when the lost comes home. When Jesus finds the lost sinner, he parties. He parties. Jesus is so filled with joy over the one sinner that was found that, that he parties. There is so much joy in heaven when Jesus finds the lost sinner so much because he loves them so much. He loves all of us so much. And, and when it talks about um, him putting us on his shoulders and carrying us, we read that in verse 5. It says, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. That idea is not only a picture for what Jesus does when he finds the lost sinner, but that's a, that's a picture for our relationship with God on a daily basis. Jesus carries us through life. He does. He carries us through every situation. He carries us through hard times. He carries us through failures. He's always there for us. He's always there for you. And just how we see that Jesus rejoices over the one lost sinner being found, that's how we should be over lost people when they, when they are found. That's how we should be. When we see our family members and our friends make the decision to come into the family of God, we should party. Amen? We should party. We should be filled with joy. We should. I think, I think that if there's ever an appropriate time to party, ever, I think that, I think that this would be it. I think that this would be it. Partying, should, it should literally be our natural reaction. It should be our natural instinct. When we see anyone enter the family of God, we should celebrate. We need to encourage them in their decision. We need to be there for them. This is what we're here for. We're the family of God. We're all together. And once you make that decision to enter the family of God, we all become family. I actually want to ask the band to, to come back up for this one. But, um, I wonder if you feel lost tonight. Do you feel, do you feel far from God? Are you, are you in that place? You just you need a savior. If so, then I have I have good news for you. Jesus wants to find you. Jesus wants to find you. When you accept Jesus into your heart, your heart, you come alive. You will live forever in heaven and you enter the family of God. Jesus wants to find you. And when he finds you, He's going to party. When he finds you, he's going to party. Just like all of us, we're going to party with those who make the decision. Our heart needs to be for the lost. So if that's you tonight, where you feel like, I'm lost, 
you just want to welcome Jesus into your heart, I'm going to ask actually everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. If that's you tonight, then I'm going to ask you to um, repeat a prayer with us. This is the, the prayer where we're asking Jesus to come into our heart. We are admitting that we are lost. And we are saying, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. So if that's you tonight, I'm going to ask you to repeat this. And for the benefit of those who are making this decision, I'm going to ask all of us to, to say it together as a church family. Dear Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner and that I need a Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I give you my life. I believe that you rose from the dead. I confess you as the Lord of my life. Now help me live for you all my days. Now help me live for you all my days. Amen. If you made that prayer tonight, I want to ask you to do something really bold. I want to ask you to do something bold. I want to ask you to shoot up your hand. If you made that decision to follow Jesus, if you just felt lost, with every head bowed still, I'll just give it a little more time. If you made that decision, if you feel too far from God tonight, and even if you've already made that decision before, if you've made that decision, but you still, you want to make it again. You want to you say, you know what, I've, I've kind of been straying off. I kind of, I left the 99 a little bit. If you feel like that 1%, you just need, you need a savior. I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand. Amen. Amen.